Okay, went on a little longer than expected. Welcome to Progressive News Network and the Environmental Justice Report, our Sunday show. I'm Janine Maloff, the producer and host. Um, didn't intend for our intro to kind of kind of stay going like that. Um, I don't know. Keep in mind, folks, this is a live show. Uh, when we have guests at the guest request, I will. Sometimes uh, if we have scheduling conflicts, I will uh, pre-record and have some editing. But when it's just little old me, this is live. There's no editing. Um, so kind of bear with me. So if we've been on hiatus for two weeks, uh, largely because, one, I needed a rest, and, two, I was completing a um, an article that ran in Nation of Change, and you can check it out. I'm one of the regular contributors. Um, I'm sad to say that my other publication that I was a featured contributor on, BuzzFlash, has decided to, you know, shut its doors for a while. Um, I'm hoping they come back with a wonderful publication. So let's move on with today's show. Uh, If you saw the advert, it says PNN, Progressive News Network, with me, presents GOP, and for those of you that don't know what GOP stands for, it's Grand Old Party, translation, Republicans. GOP innuendo lies about abortion and child labor. So today's show is going to deal with GOP or Republican lies, more lies, and damn, still more lies. The first story deals with a new bill sponsored by the Republican Missouri State Senator Mike Moon, which grants legal personhood to a fetus and demands murder charges for anyone who either received an abortion, who uh, actually uh, conducted an abortion, or assisted with setting up an abortion. Now, in case you forgot, Mike Moon is the guy who defended forced marriage of young girls, even as young as 10, if they became pregnant, and then he backpedaled after being confronted by colleague Democratic Peter, Democrat Peter Meredith, uh, because it was almost sounding like Mike Moon was fine with you know, older men forcing little girls into marriage. Uh, Mike Moon, for all, in all fairness, backpedaled and said no, and he tried to explain how, you know, there was this one case of these two kids, I think they were 12 years old. Um, the girl got pregnant. They forced the, the two kids into marriage, but the kids lived apart from each other for several years, and then they decided to remain married when, once they hit the legal age. Um, that's still not a good thing for the girl. And I'm not sure about Mr. Moon, but that's what he claimed anyway. So Mike Moon is pushing this once again. Uh, Keep in mind, Missouri is the state, I remember I heard somewhere where bestiality is legal here. That's sick, but you never know. Especially with these these Republicans in these rural counties, you got to wonder about them. It's my opinion, I'll stand by it. Now, the fact that carrying a pregnancy to term in girls as young as 10 could risk their lives irrelevant to Missouri State Senator Mike Moon. Okay. That's number one. And the implications here, they say there are exceptions for a woman's life, for instance, but we're seeing all over the country right now that doctors are terrified of even doing 
medically necessary abortions to save a woman's life because they're afraid they're either going to go to jail, lose the license, whatever. So when Republicans say, but we have provisions for to save a woman's life, eh, eh, I don't buy it. Okay. Then my throat just gave out there. Okay. Let's move on. I'll also discuss the broad base of Republican or GOP loons, nut jobs, and other associated bands of the intolerant and, frankly, stupid. This week, I will discuss the GOP attack on our children as the Republicans pursue a raging return to child labor. All the while, these Republicans are still screaming that they're pro-life. Yeah, apparently hypocrisy has a very comfy home in the GOP. And it's amazing how the same political party that claims to be, again, pro-life, is fine with risking a woman's life to save a zygote. It's also fine with abusive child labor. And then finally, we have, oh, we have a caller here. Um, What I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show is that I only take calls let me write this down here. I only take calls at the end of the show. This is not Fox. It's not OAN. Um, I'm not going to have, and it's usually Republicans, I'm not going to have conservatives freeloading on the time that we pay for. So you can hold up your hand all you like, not taking a call until the end of the show. So if you want to hold on, you can. Okay. So finally, we have Matt Walsh explaining how Tucker Carlson, it turns out, isn't racist, according to Walsh. According to Walsh, good old Tucker is only guilty of noticing differences. Now, the idea that good old Tucker expertly uses innuendo to inflame what can only be described as an online lynch mob is irrelevant to Walsh. But, you know, face it, Walsh is too busy defining what a woman is, mind you, to other women, the ultimate mansplaining, to bother with the craft of propaganda, which Tucker Carlson has, I'll admit, perfected. Now, I will also speak to the role corporate Democrats play in this airsats morality tale as they enable this type of propaganda. Okay? And there's one other thing. We're also going to sincerely mock uh, a specific she-devil with a serious need for a makeover. Um, and that has to do with a governor who also pushed the child labor thing. Uh, you know, once again, some people can claim that sexist, whatever, okay? This is, I, I'm a progressive that actually has a sense of humor, and I know when it's a joke. Um, one last thing. We're also going to talk about not only the coronation of King Charles, but also how we really need to rid ourselves of this idolatry. You know, in this country, the media idolizes the rich and the celebrity, and it needs to stop. So, uh, you know, once again, this one caller, y'all going to have a long wait, because, again, this is a two-hour show, and I will not, I do not take questions until the last 15 minutes. So sit back and enjoy the ride, my friend. All right, let's get started. All right, I'm scrolling up. Keep in mind, this is a live show. Mistakes will be made. Uh, You know, this is a little aside here. I get a little sick and tired of people that are commenters, all right? Now, I used to comment a little myself before I started publishing actual articles. But 
It's amazing, you know, uh, you know that old phrase, enough from the peanut gallery? Seems to me, not always, sometimes commenters have something serious to say. But, you know, it's, it's really easy to be an armchair quarterback when you're not the one doing the hard work, okay? And these commenters, again, it's, it's all about upstaging, okay? It's all about taking attention away from the people that are actually doing the work and putting it on yourself. And I don't entertain that, so tough. Okay, so let's start with story number one. This is about a new Missouri bill that proposes murder charges for abortion. Okay, now, Republican Senator Mike Moon is the the main sponsor, excuse me. Okay, and the bill is called SB 699, and it establishes the Abolition of Abortion in Missouri Act. Don't you just love how conservative bigots and again, in my opinion, I'm calling them bigots. Don't you just love how they use words like abolition to make women's rights somehow somehow comparable to slavers? You know, like the women that want to control their own reproductive futures are somehow like slavers. It's not the same. But they, and again, these Republicans, they're the ones that hated the idea of abolition. Okay, but anyway, it's the, it's the Abolition of Abortion in Missouri Act, SB 699. The main sponsor is State Senator Mike Moon, Republican. The committee is Seniors, Families, Veterans, and Military Affairs. Okay, the last action on this bill was uh, April 6, 2022. It was a hearing conducted. Um, now, I'm going to read you the current bill summary exactly as published by the state of Missouri, by this committee. So, you know, if our caller doesn't like what I'm saying, well, then, you know, tough because I'm reading it word for word. Current bill summary, and then we'll talk about it. SB 699, quote, this act repeals provisions of law relating to the performance and regulation of abortions and establishes the abolition of abortion in Missouri Act. This act adds a definition of person to the criminal code to include a human being from the moment of conception. Additionally, this grant, this act grants the attorney general, and let me start the sentence again. I kind of fumbled. Quote, additionally, this act grants the attorney general and prosecuting and circuit attorneys the authority to enforce certain provisions of the criminal code relating to offenses against the person including murder and manslaughter as they relate to abortion, regardless of any contrary federal act, law, treaty, decision, order, rule, or regulation. Any court decision that has the effect of enjoining the state from these actions shall be treated as non-authoritative, void, and of no force, and no state government agency or official or official, and no law enforcement agency or officer shall assist or shall assist or cooperate in any way with the enforcement of such court orders. A woman upon whom an abortion was performed or induced or intended to be performed or induced shall not be held criminally responsible for the death or attempted a death of her unborn child if the woman has been coerced or suffers from a mental disease or defect. Currently, public school districts and charter schools must notify parents of the basic content of their human sexuality course materials, 
This act requires parents to be notified of course materials and instruction on sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, and requires school districts to receive consent in writing from a parent or legal guardian before a student is provided any course material or instruction. Violation of this provision shall be a Class C misdemeanor. Additionally, in any legal proceeding relating related to a violation of the Act, no entity directly or indirectly receiving any taxpayer funds shall provide any legal advice, counsel, or representation to any person or entity alleged to have violated this provision. This provision is identical to HB 2200. That was done in 20, the year 2020. I'm going on here. Additionally, information communicated to an employee of an, of an alternatives to abortion agency relating to and in connection with an individual who has presented themselves to the agency for the purpose of seeking an alternative to an abortion shall not be voluntarily disclosed except with the permission of the individual or with other employees of the agency for purposes of providing services to the individual. Such employees shall also be considered incompetent to testify in a legal proceeding with respect to those privileged communications. It goes on to say, I'm going to take a little sip of tea here. Quote, in current law, the affirmative defense of duress is not available for defendants accused of murder. This act makes that defense available in cases of murder by abortion. Additionally, this act modifies the affirmative defense of justification to make Class A felonies and murder offenses justifiable and not criminal when necessary as an emergency measure to avoid imminent public or private injury in a situation that's developed through no fault of the actor and what is of such gravity that the desirability of avoiding the injury outweighs the penalty of the offense. Wow. End quote. I'm going to stop here for a second. I think this is the idea that you you won't be charged with murder if the abortion is to save a woman's life. But notice what they're saying here. It's it's, it's such vague language. Uh, notice how it says it modifies the def- – uh, let me see. It has to be of such gravity that the desirability of avoiding the injury outweighs the penalty for the for the offense which means it leaves it up to prosecutors. There, there is no protection for, uh, there, there is no provision for saving a woman's life here. This act also, going back to the act, quote, this act also modifies the defense of reasonable belief that certain conduct does not constitute an offense by making unreasonable any reliance based upon an official statement permitting the unjustified homicide of an unborn child. In any investigation or proceeding to enforce the provisions of this act, a court may order that a witness shall not be excused from giving testimony or producing evidence on the grounds that such testimony or evidence may incriminate the witness, but such witness shall not be prosecuted or subjected to penalties on account of such testimony or evidence, end quote. This act has an emergency clause. This act is is substantially similar to SB 391 which was in 2021, and similar to HB 2285, which was in 2020. Okay, end quote. Notice that last part there. There's a lot of things wrong with this bill. First of all, let's go to that last one I just read. The witness. 
won't be excused from giving testimony or producing evidence if the testimony or evidence incriminates them. In other words, this Mike Moon has the audacity to say, well, the state of Missouri has the right to basically disallow your Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination. But they put this little clause in, such witness shall not be prosecuted or subject, subjected to penalties on account of such testimony or evidence. Okay, that's double talk. Because the way prosecutors work, they will parse that last clause so thinly. All the prosecutor has to do is say, well, the testimony or evidence, um, you know, wasn't testimony or evidence that was self-incriminating, um, they can come up with some sort of little justification against that. They're trying to nullify the Fifth Amendment. Okay, This is hunting women down, including young girls, is what it is. Okay, uh, The idea that a witness can't use their Fifth Amendment rights, really? Even in a murder case, you can. If they're forcing testimony... The only way, my understanding is the only way the prosecution or a judge can force testimony in violation of the Fifth Amendment is by granting immunity to that witness. That's it. And that statement here where it says, quote, but such witness shall not be prosecuted or subjected to penalties on account of such testimony or evidence, it sounds like it's the same immunity idea, but it doesn't come out and say immunity. And people need to understand something here. When you're looking at laws, it, a lot of times it isn't just what the law says. It's what it also does not say. You know, all the judge would have to do is say, well, you know what? That witness, that, that evidence would have come out anyway, probably, without any real proof of it. So it's not self-incriminatory. So, yeah, you can force this witness to, you know, basically – give up their Fifth Amendment rights. It's it's really vague, but it's really damning. Okay? So, let's look at this thing. This is really a piece of garbage. So, first of all, this act says that a, not just a fetus, they're saying that it's a human being from the moment of conception, a zygote. Now, let's take it a little further. If, it's a, if a zygote is a human being, once it's fertilized, well, couldn't you argue against the men and say you're their sperm or potentially a person too? So, boys, you can't masturbate or you're committing murder. It's legitimate. But again, this what this is doing, number one, it's saying it's a human being from the moment of conception, even though the Supreme Court hasn't said that. That's one. Additionally, this also says that the Missouri Attorney General and prosecuting attorneys throughout Missouri, as well as circuit attorneys, have authority to enforce provisions of the criminal code, including murder and manslaughter, as it relates to abortion. And here's the damning phrase. Regardless of any contrary federal act, law, treaty, decision, order, rule, or regulation, what this is saying right here is, here in Missouri, we don't give a whit about what federal law says. We don't care what other states say. You know, it doesn't matter because our state laws supersede federal law. That's what Senator Mike Moon is saying right there. 
Now, it should be noted that Senator Moon, besides being, in my opinion, a misogynist, he's also a local minister. I think he were, he's some fundamentalist group, whatever. So he is pushing his religious beliefs on others. But this here, I'm pointing out all the things wrong with this bill. Okay? So first of all, it redefines a person, I'm trying to highlight this, number one, as a human being from the moment of conception. Okay? Number two, it's saying that if any prosecuting circuit attorney, the attorney general of Missouri, any of them say, you know what, though? That was due, that it relates somehow to abortion. It doesn't matter what the federal law says or a treaty or even a federal court order. Guess what? Little Missouri state law supersedes all of that. Now, the other thing about this that I have a question about um, is this. They say, as they relate to abortion, but look at what it says. As it basically, they can enforce certain provisions of the criminal code relating to offenses against the person, including murder and manslaughter. This could also be interpreted to the bad old days where they could say, hmm, Miss Smith, you work in construction. You might get pregnant. And, or let's say this, let's say Miss Smith, you got pregnant, or Mrs. Smith, whatever, and you work in manufacturing. Maybe you don't do a dangerous job, but you know what? If something goes wrong with your pregnancy, maybe the kid, maybe uh, you carry the term and the fetus survives, but there's something wrong with it because, you know, you dared to be a full person. We're going to charge you with, what, felony assault and battery? felony child endangerment. You see where this goes. This isn't just about abortion or forced birth. This is about criminalizing women who dare to want a full life. You know, so basically, you know, it wants to make them barefoot and pregnant, and this is about criminalizing where, you know, again, something went wrong. You know, the truth is that the field of uh obstetrics and gynecology, especially obstetrics, is far from um, well understood. Let's be honest about it. There are some women that can do everything right and still miscarry, and sometimes we don't know why. This bill potentially criminalizes all pregnancies. This bill, uh, uh, let me revise it, this bill potentially criminalizes all pregnant women, if anything goes wrong with the pregnancy, it's not just about abortion. I argued this was the bill's intent. This bill also literally is saying that Missouri state law supersedes federal law. That Missouri state law supersedes federal court orders. It doesn't, but that's what these yahoos are saying. Then to add, to add basically, uh, uh, oh, what's the phrase? Again, this is a live show. To add insult to injury, public school districts and charter schools have to get permission from parents to teach kids, especially girls, about sexually transmitted diseases 
And I guess any sort of sex ed is going to be, again, related to, hmm, this is your monthly cycle. You won't learn anything about preventing pregnancy or anything else. Okay? Because if your parents are religious fundamentalists, you're not going to learn it. And that's what this is. This is about religious fundamentalists that are forcing their beliefs on everyone else. Okay? This is about criminalizing all pregnant women and all women, period, should they become pregnant. This could also, if you say that it's a person since conception, from the time of conception, then there's several birth control methods that would be criminalized as well. Okay? This is something that is really dangerous and no shock that one of the state legislators here in Missouri is a lawyer that works for one of the top anti-women, Catholic church, forced birth, anti-birth control groups. And we'll talk about her another date. This bill, as I said before, also would deny witnesses their right against self-incrimination as guaranteed by the Fifth Amendment. Apparently, the Missouri Attorney General, if he goes along with this anyway, and the Missouri government, Governor, if he goes along with it, apparently legislators, Republican legislators in Missouri think they can write any damn bill they want and that what they write is supersedes and can nullify parts of the Constitution at will. That's what's happening here. Okay. So it's a very dangerous bill. People need to wake up. We will be talking about it some more. Again, this is coming from religious fundamentalists, and I have no use for them. Okay. So that is our first story. I hope you – oh, we have another call. Good Lord. You know, once again, give me a second here. Once again, uh, what I've tried to tell people is I'm not going to take calls until the last 15 minutes. That's just the way it is. And if they don't like it, well, okay, one of them left. (laughs) The new one apparently didn't like that. Tough. I, I truly don't care. Okay, so that was story number one. It is truly a frightening story. Let's move on to story number two. Now, here we have a Republican conservative group party, and they're screaming they're pro-life. They're pro-life because they're pro-forced birth. They're, they call themselves pro-life because they're anti-birth control. There's nothing pro-life about them. I mean, let's be honest. If you're pro-life, truly pro-life, and if you really don't like the idea of being a hypocrite, that means that you have to be anti-war then. You have to be anti-police. You have to be, uh, what else, um, anti-predatory um, practices against the working people. Um, you have to be for medical care for all. You have to be for public schools. I mean, all these things. And in all practical purpose, you have to be vegan, too. Otherwise, you don't have a right to call yourselves pro-life. That's the height of arrogance. But once again... Child labor and the Republican Party pro-life. Now, 
keep in mind, uh, I don't know how many of you had a relative that was a child laborer, and I'm not talking about mowing the lawn for some extra pay. I'm not talking about being a camp counselor. I'm talking heavy labor. My grandfather, my mother's father, was a child laborer. He was an immigrant, and they locked him in the factory. And I think he was 11 or 12 at the time. And if they didn't get enough work done, they were beaten savagely. Now, they were again, they were locked in the building, so had there been a fire, they would have perished. This is what the Republicans want to do. They, they want to shriek and say that's not fair. I really don't care. Okay? So, the first story, uh, let me see, comes from Vanity Fair, but there's several others as well. So, for instance, we have a couple of Republican governors that are really for this. They both happen to be women with kids. Go figure. One is Sarah Huckabee Sanders, governor of Arkansas, and the other one Senator Kim Reynolds of Iowa. Now, these are both women that claim family values. Well, maybe they claim protecting children family values for affluent white straight Christian families. They don't intend that, in my opinion anyway, to apply that towards migrant children, children of color, poor, children come from poor families, and so on. You know, I came from a low-income family, and my parents wanted me to get an education because that was the only chance you had. And it doesn't always have to be college. It can be trade school, whatever, but without an education, you're stuck. And if you, if you fill your childhood working for an employer, that interferes with study time. See, a child under the age of, I'd say, 16 even, their job should be school. This is the teacher and me coming out. And if they want to earn a little extra money mowing lawns or babysitting, that's fine. But otherwise, their job's school. That's it. It's really that simple. Keep in mind, there isn't a living wage for adults, and that's what this is really about. Employers want to be able to hire these kids because they're cheaper, they can, they're smaller, they can abuse them, and the kid's not going to really be able to know how to defend themselves, even less so than an adult. That's what's behind it. This is pure greed. So Vanity Fair, there's a piece here by Beth Levin. It was written March 9th, 2023. The headline is, Sarah Huckabee Sanders thinks child labor laws have been working a little too well. And the subheadline is, Republicans like the Arkansas governor care so deeply for kids that they want to make it easier for companies to exploit them. I agree with her. So keep in mind, the Republicans are so busy banning books, um, banning libraries from carrying certain books, banning schools from a real discussion of honest history, newsflash, systemic racism, systemic religious bigotry, and systemic misogyny all part of the American landscape, but especially systemic racism, okay? And to say that it's not is ludicrous. So, you know, again, the Republicans are pushing this culture wars, how the mainstream media calls it, where, you know, don't you know, having a drag, uh, a drag story hour is going to somehow hurt your children. Really? They say it's going to sexualize them. How? I, I mean... You compare the average drag queen to, say, and the outfits they wear and compare them to the outfit of, say, uh, 
you know, just the average bathing suit even. Drag queens are all covered up, okay? I mean, actually, some of their, especially their ball gowns, I'm a little jealous. I might want to borrow a couple of them. But, you know, I digress. Um, you know, this stuff is so asinine, it's hard to take it seriously, but we need to take it seriously. So, you know, again, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, her daddy is, you know, Governor Huckabee before her. You know, again, he's, she comes from fundamentalist Christian roots. Uh, you know, this is an example of a woman who is basically uh, fighting feminism so other women will be abused. You know, she's, you know, turncoat as far as I'm concerned. But there's, she signed an education bill. Uh, let's see now, this is back in March. It bans talk of, quote, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, and sexual reproduction, end quote, before fifth grade. And it also bans curriculums that include critical race theory. Okay. All the same nonsense. But then she signed this Youth Hiring Act of 2023. And what it says is that kids under 16 don't have to get permission from their division of labor to get a work permit. Okay. You know, prior to this loosening of child labor laws, if your kid wanted to get a job flipping burgers and Mackey D's and they were under 16, they had to get a work permit from their local Department of Labor, and then their parents had to sign off on it, okay? This gets rid of that pesky problem. Uh, and according to Governor Sanders, she said that these permit requirements put what she calls, quote, an arbitrary burden on parents, end quote. Didn't explain how it's arbitrary, though. I mean, I think if a parent cares about their kids, they would want to know what kind of job are you applying for, Junior? You know, they don't want to put them in danger. Now, um, according to Andrew Collins in this article, who is an Arkansas State House Democrat, um, Representative Collins said that removing this this work permit, this parental consent, will, quote, increase the risk that there will be abuses and violations of other child labor laws, end quote. I agree. Uh, the director of child labor advocacy at the National Consumers League, uh, someone named Reed Mackey, also said that the new law, quote, increases the likelihood that kids will end up in dangerous jobs, end quote. Um, now, in February... The Department of Labor nationally, I think it's nationally, yeah. Uh, the Department of Labor, Labor, excuse me, uncovered more than 3,800 instances of the past year of kids working in U.S. companies that are violating the law. There were more than 100 kids as young as 13, get this, quote, I'm just going to read the sentence here, quote, with more than 100 kids as young as 13 employed in hazardous jobs cleaning slaughterhouses overnight for Packers Sanitation Services, Inc., end quote. And 10 of those kids were, 10 of them were in Arkansas, okay? Now, to add to this, uh, this Vanity Fair article also mentions that Republicans in the Ohio Senate also passed a bill weakening child labor protections. They expect it will be, it will be signed off by Governor DeWine, another Republican, uh, and similar bills are are being uh, pushed through in Minnesota and Iowa. We're going to talk about the Iowa one. Now, 
back in, it's the last month, so I'm thinking back in February of 23, there was a New York Times investigation, and it did an investigation of what they call the brutal jobs. Quote, U.S. companies are employing, okay, so let me, I'm going to read this sentence out loud, so bear with me. Quote, last month, a New York Times investigation explored the brutal jobs U.S. companies are employing. U.S. companies are employing unaccompanied migrant children in violation of labor laws. Okay, the Biden administration has since announced it will introduce an array of new initiatives to investigate child labor violations and crack down on companies that both illegally employ kids and use child labor in their supply chains. End quote. I believe it. Now. There is another article here on the issue of child labor from Teen Vogue. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, normally I hear the word Vogue, like, you know, the magazine, and I roll my eyes because, you know, it's fashion. But I have to take that back because Teen Vogue has been publishing some really excellent journalistic articles. I got to give credit where credit's due. Take one more tea. We still have our caller. One of them, there, there were two of them. One was from the 352 uh, area code. They gave up. Another one's from the 434 area code, which, you know, once again, you got a long wait. All righty. So, Teen Vogue, the headline is Child Labor, Republicans are Passing Regulatory Rollbacks. Arkansas, Ohio, and New Hampshire are just three states where politicians are ending child labor protections. It's written by Lexi, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, McMenamin, and it was published March 10th, 2023. Now, there are reports, according to this, of child labor exploitation, like, for instance, the New York Times, across the country. The feds are planning to crack down, again, as documented by the Washington Post. Um, And a lot of American parents whether they're conservative or liberal, are pretty outraged. Now, um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's the governor of Arkansas now, again, she signed a bill, quote, ending a law requiring age verification for children younger than 16 to start a job. Keep in mind, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was one of Trump's former press secretaries. So, in my opinion, anyone that can work for a monster like Donald Trump is basically an unethical piece of crap my opinion i'm entitled to it now this is under the don't you love these dystopian names for these bills the youth hiring act of 2023 my it makes it sound like they're going to summer camp doesn't it but it's not so the youth hiring act of 2023 is documented by nbc news kids will have to get you know, permission slip from their parents to get a, a, a work permit if they're under 16. Now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' spokesperson is someone named Alexa Henning, and she was quoted as saying the following, quote, The governor believes protecting kids is most important, but this permit was an arbitrary burden on parents to get permission from the government for their child to get a job. All child labor laws that actually protect children still apply, and we expect businesses to comply just as they are required to do now, end quote. Okay, and this is Alexa Henning's statement is as documented by CNN.com. I don't know what planet Ms. Henning grew up on, 
But, you know, big business, for the most part, in my opinion, they're going to get away with whatever they think they can get away with. You know, forcing the kids to get a work permit was documentation. And you think, well, what difference does it make? Well, here's the thing. Let's say Junior goes to work um, at a meatpacking plant. I don't know why they would, but let's say they do. But the work permit is signed off on, and the parent understands that Junior is just going to be doing certain types of jobs and nothing else. If that employer goes beyond that, there's at least documentation that, well, you know what, he really, he or she was really employed by that company. Without the work permit, it gets to be a gray area. My opinion, I'll stick to it. Now, the New Republic reported that Republican legislators in Ohio, New Hampshire, and elsewhere are also looking into, they say, loosening child labor protections. I think they just want to end child labor protections. In Ohio, I'm just going to read this straight from the article. Quote, in Ohio, and this is according to the NewRepublic.com, the state Senate passed a bill this week permitting 14 and 15-year-olds to work until 9 p.m. year-round rather than just during the summer with permission from a legal guardian, end quote. That's a lot of hours. If you've ever worked with a kid that's 14 years old, they're growing a lot. They get tuckered out pretty easily. There's no way Junior would be able to concentrate in school, and I think that's part of it too. I mean, let's face it. The rich don't want other people's children to serve as competition for their brats. I'm just going to say it, okay? And if these kids are exhausted, they won't be able to concentrate in school. You know, just live too much equality for the rich. Uh, In New Hampshire, last summer, Governor Chris Sununu, uh, again, who tries to – the mainstream media try and position Sununu as this Republican moderate – but he signed a law, quote, allowing 16- and 17-year-olds to work 35 hours a week and permitting 14-year-old busters to clear tables where alcohol had been served, end quote. So much for Sununu being a moderate, right? Would he want his 16-year-old working 35 hours a week? You know what's going to happen on that report card. I'm speaking as a teacher now. Those kids will be falling asleep in class. Um. Now, a lot of the allegations around child labor are dealing with the meatpacking industry, um, especially since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, The Washington Post reported that, quote, there's a bill working its way through the state legislature in Iowa that would allow 14- and 15-year-olds to take on specific jobs in meatpacking plants. The bill would also protect employers from civil liability if these employees are injured or killed on the job, end quote. Again, there's your pro-life, right? Iowa. And and we're going to talk about that bill actually, too. The bill would protect employers from civil liability. You can't even sue them. If one of those kids, if your 14-year-old kid is killed on the job, Mind you, the same Republican Party wants to push murder charges on a woman that, you know, pursues an abortion for a zygote. But if the meatpacking industry or any other industry has conditions where they put your 14-year-old child who is actually already here in danger and your kid gets killed, you can't even sue. 
make make no mistake about it. The Republican Party. This is why I, I really hate Republicans. I'm just going to I'm going to put out there. Mind you, I'm not a big fan of corporate Democrats either. I think they're a bunch of cowards. I'm a progressive, but from the time I was a kid, I remember my mother saying the Republicans only care about the rich, and it's true. It makes no sense for anyone who is not extremely wealthy to be a Republican. That's just asinine. And now they're showing their true ugliness. Your children are nothing more than slaves to be used and tossed aside like cannon fodder. Make no mistake about it. Okay? So what this, this piece from Teen Vogue asks the question, why is this happening? And it's a good question. We have a little more tea now. My throat's giving out on me a bit. Two hours is a long time to talk. I'm just going to tell you folks. All right. Uh, Jet here of the nation had a response to that question. Why is this happening? And so Jet here has of the nation has the following to say, quote, though there have been federal laws in the books to prevent child labor since 1938, the decline of labor unions combined with the neoliberal evisceration of the regulatory capacity of the government means these laws often go unenforced, end quote. True. Now, that's a fancy way of saying, look, laws preventing child labor and abusing child labor have been on the books since 1938. So the kids go to school They have their whole life to work. Give them a chance to become whatever they can be. But, you know, Jet here is right. Basically, you know, the neoliberals of the corporate Democrats, as well as the Republicans, eviscerate. In other words, they tore apart any regulations which would allow enforcement of these laws protecting child labor and preventing it. Okay? And that's what's really happening. And now the Republicans are getting bolder. They just are. Um, Let's see now. There was a note made here that um, MSNBC's Maddow blog observed the following, quote, that after the 2010 midterms, there was a similar wave of Republican legislators undermining child labor protections with currently sitting Senator Chuck Grassley, Iowa, cruelly arguing in 2012 that loosening certain laws could help childhood obesity rates. Oh, my God. These people are vile. Unbel- and this was in Teen Vogue. Check it out. Okay. Now, I'm just going to check our time here because we still have, okay, got a little over an hour to go still. Now, let me take a little drink here. We have two pieces here. And one, a little long, though excuse me, is from journalist Leela Nargi. Now, Nargi is a journalist that covers food and agricultural policy, social justice, and climate-related science for uh, publications such as The Guardian, Fern, Eater, and Modern Farmer. And you can find her at leelanargi.com. So this is a piece, and the headline, it was written in February, February 2023, Headline is, Iowa pushes to let 14-year-olds work in meatpacking plants. 14-year-olds. 
Can you imagine how much this would traumatize a child? I mean, you know, you have little Susie, you know, who loves her doggy. She's 14. You know, she loves the little kitty still, and then she sees dead animal heads. Mm. But these same kids can't be present for a drag show story hour. Do you see the hypocrisy here? All right. So, uh, again, the headline is Iowa pushes to let 14-year-olds work in meatpacking plants. Now, the excuse is there's a labor shortage. You know what? There isn't a labor shortage. I have friends looking for jobs right now. What there is is a shortage of people that are willing to work for nothing. Okay? There are workers that realize hmm, they can get by. Why should they, you know, abuse their bodies so some greedy bastard can make more profit? I mean, it doesn't sound professional, but it's the truth. There's no labor shortage. There's a shortage of people that do not want to work for slave wages. They want health care. They want to be treated civilly. They're not willing to take the abuse anymore. That's what it boils down to. And they're realizing the, the only way they can push any, any decent deal for themselves is to band together and refuse to take these garbage jobs. Okay. So, um, this is, we have commentary from Mark Lauritsen, who is the international vice president at, let me start again. We have commentary first from Mark Lauritsen. Now, Lauritsen is the international vice president at United Food and Commercial Workers International Union, or the UFCW. Now, in Iowa, that union represents 15,000 meat packers at some six large-scale plants, uh, and these plants are owned by companies like Smithfield and Tyson. Okay? Now, he had some very strong criticism for a bill that is called Iowa Senate File 167. Uh, and this was a bill, Iowa Senate File 167 was introduced in January, the sponsor was Republican State Senator Jason, Jason Schultz, making its way through the legislature. This is as of February 23. It's already made its way through. And that's the one that lets children as young as 14 work in meat packing plants, on meat processing lines, and at loading docks. Lawrence said, quote, this is a sick, sick bill. Any legislator in the state of Iowa that thinks that this is an okay thing to do, has got a real serious problem in their head about what's really important in life. Think of what they want to make. They want to allow 14-year-old babies to do. They could work in meatpacking plants, meat processing lines, and loading docks, all of which use big equipment, dangerous equipment, and big dangerous cutting machines. Now, if it's signed into law by Republican Governor Kim Reynolds... This, the way they get around it, they say the, the bill will allow 14-year-olds, and it's in quotes, to apprentice. Okay. They use the word apprentice, but these kids are going to be taking the risk. And not just in meatpacking, but also in industries such as mining, construction, and demolition. So, in Iowa, you know, that loves its wholesome reputation, Right? Lady Governor Kim Reynolds, you know, plays the mommy card, 
hates drag show story time. But she's fine, and, and she will sign it. I know that for a fact. Um, we're going to get into that in a minute. But she's she most likely will sign this bill that will allow 14-year-olds to apprentice, but again, in the following industries. Meatpacking, which means not only working in the meatpacking plants, as I said before, but on meat processing lines and loading docks, but also in the following industries. Mining, construction, and demolition. All three use very dangerous, big equipment. Um, all three, mining, construction, demolition, use explosives. Um, again, this is insanity. This is like going back to the early 1900s. Now, the way this is supposed to happen is the state's Department of Workforce Development would have to approve the apprenticeship. Oh, yeah, right. And supervision would have to be available. And, quote, the work couldn't interfere with the kids' health, well-being, and schooling, although the bill doesn't stipulate how these interferences would be determined, end quote. Uh, the article goes on to say, quote, the legislation would also allow kids to work until 9 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. on school nights, as federal and Iowa law both currently stipulate, and drive themselves up to 50 miles with a special minor's driver's license, end quote. I don't want a 14-year-old driving 50 miles. Good God. And how are they going to make sure that these jobs don't interfere with the kids' health, well-being, and schooling? If you really cared about a kid's health, well-being, and schooling, you would keep the child labor laws in place, and you wouldn't let kids work in meatpacking plants, mining, construction, or demolition. Boom. Now, the, the author of this article goes on to say, quote, the bill is sloppily worded, okay, and that's according to Iowa Federation of Labor AFL-CIO President Charlie Wishman, and, quote, is seemingly in conflict with federal law. If passed in its current form, it's going to leave a lot of confusion out there for consumers, for workers, for businesses, end quote. Now, this all goes on to say, quote, the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 prohibits anyone under the age of 18 from working in hazardous environments and limits the weekly hours kids under the age of 16 can work, end quote. Again, just like Missouri, Iowa legislators think that they, that they can basically say that their state law supersedes federal law. Okay? Now... There is a statement here from Jen Scherer, who is the Senior State Policy Coordinator at the Economic Policy Institute, and Scherer says that, quote, federal law still trumps state law for most private and all public companies. Um, she also pointed out that the federal law allows children as young as 10 to work in agriculture, the most dangerous field of all, but she'd rather end the two-tier system for youth work. Okay, end quote. Again, there's something people have to realize, you know, if you're just a regular worker, you know, these companies want to hire kids because they can pay them a lot less. They can abuse them. They can manipulate them in a way that can't an adult. That's it, put bluntly. It's really that simple. And, um, you know, it's about money. And these companies don't care if your kid gets hurt or killed. See, 
these Republicans, they're not pro-life. They never were. They're pro-forced birth. They're pro-abusing women and children, but they're not pro-life. Okay. So goes on to say, uh, and this is according to, again, Reed Mackey, Director of the Child Labor Advocacy National Consumers League and Coordinator of the Child Labor Coalition, Mackey had the following to say, quote, most egregious with the Iowa bill, according to opponents, it would let employers off the hook in the event a kid got injured on the job, liable only in the event of gross negligence or willful misconduct. End quote. And Mackey calls this provision, quote, very cynical, and the bill itself probably the worst I've seen in 15 years because of its scope, end quote. So, you know, once again, this, there's a quote here, and it says, if you put, quote, if you put kids in a dangerous situation, there will be injuries, end quote. Um, and according to Lauritsen, who I spoke about, um, what was it, a little while ago? Let's see. I lost my place. I'm sorry. Yeah, Lauritsen, the international vice president of the UFCW, United Food and Commercial Workers Union. Um, Lauritsen, you know, said, you know, basically, quote, if you put kids in a dangerous situation, there will be injuries if they make it to adulthood in one piece, end quote. Lawrenson said, quote, first of all, Lawrenson pointed out that working in a packing plant, meat packing plant, has a lot of dangers, even even dangers away from what they call the kill floor. Lawrenson was quoted as saying, quote, I don't care where you're at. There's fat on the floor. There's blood. Workers wear hard hats and layers of PPE, such as non-skid boots. They also remove earrings, watches, or anything that can get caught in the machines and cause the loss of a finger, hand, or arm. Amputations are common in the industry. If you put kids in a dangerous – okay, so there you go. This is Mackie. I'm sorry. I take that back. Mackie said if you put kids in a dangerous situation, there will be injuries. Okay? Lawrenson also pointed out that even the idea of lifting heavy boxes, like on a loading dock – also can cause damage to a teen's still developing body. You know, kids are more more um, more readily prone to repetitive stress injuries. Okay, and yes, it would fall under workman's comp, but that's been stripped down to the point where it's workman's comp laws are a joke. Okay, Mackey also puts <clears throat> points out the extended hours the bill would allow kids to work. For example, this bill would allow 16-year-olds to work six hours a day, 28 hours a week during the school year, eight hours a day, and 40 hours a week after Labor Day. Okay. Uh, Mackey said the following, quote, there's going to be consequences to that. Um, And then Mackey pointed out research been documented by ScienceDaily.com that demonstrates that kids working over 20 hours a week um, at a job, their schools, their schoolwork suffers. Their grades go down. Um, a lot of them don't complete school. And then there's the worry about kids that are physically exhausted driving home late at night. How many of those kids will fall asleep at the wheel and then die? Okay. Again, 
This Republican Party is not pro-life. Okay? Now, you can go on, but this is what it's about. Okay? Now, we have another story about this. Okay? This was in Common Dreams, a story by Julia Conley, and it was published May 5th, just a few days ago. The headline reads, Iowa becomes second GOP-controlled state this year to pass repeal of child labor protections. The legislation, which Governor Kim Reynolds has said she will sign, will permit children as young as 14 to complete work, to complete work including roofing, construction, and demolition. Governor Reynolds, Kim Reynolds said she will sign this. She's gone on record. So, you know, we have the Republicans passing... Excuse me, passing forced pregnancy laws. And there are laws on the books now or in the planning to punish parents for supporting their transgender children because, you know, they don't want their kid to commit suicide. But now they're loosening child labor regulations. And just this past Thursday, Governor Kim Reynolds, quote, confirmed she had – let me read this again. On just this past Thursday, quote, Governor Kim Reynolds confirmed she plans to make Iowa the second GOP-controlled state to enact such a proposal this year. Quote, the Republican said she plans to sign Senate File 542, which removes so-called unnecessary restrictions that have kept minors from working in hazardous workplaces and from working long hours during the school year, end quote. Okay. The bill received final approval by the Iowa State Senate Wednesday, Thursday, Governor Reynolds says she's going to pass it. Um, there were just two Republicans that joined Democrats voting against it. There were a lot of lobbying campaigns by right-wing groups, including Americans for Prosperity, uh, pushing for this bill, as well as restaurant and construction industry groups. Okay. Keep in mind, Americans for Prosperity, funded by the Kochs, spelled K-O-C-H-S. Now, this legislation, according to this legislation, and it's just documented by the WashingtonPost.com, their business section, businesses will be allowed to, quote, employ children as young as 14 for work including roofing, construction, and demolition, as long as they are participating in a work-based learning program through the state, end quote. It goes on to say, quote, 16 and 17-year-olds will be allowed to serve alcohol, and teenagers older than 13 will be permitted to work up to six hours a day until as late as 9 p.m. during the school year and until 11 p.m. in the summer. Currently, teenagers can only work four hours per day, end quote. Now, this work-based learning program. Now, here's the thing. Before I went into journalism, I was an educator. Specifically, my specialty was I was a speech-language pathologist in the St. Louis City Public Schools, proudly so, for 30 years. And one of my schools that I was assigned to for, oh, about four years, um, it, that school went over to the special school district, was the old O'Fallon Tech Vocational High School. And I worked directly with the uh, skilled tradesmen that ran those shops, if you will, who were experienced skilled tradesmen. And this was back in the late 90s, I mean, late 80s, early 90s. And if they had seen this, they would have gone, that's insane. 
Okay, you don't want kids doing this kind of work. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for an adult. You don't want them doing it. So this idea that as long as they're participating in a work-based learning program, there is no legitimate work-based learning program for minor children that would fulfill that obligation. It does not exist. And if someone claims it does, that's a fraud. Because no responsible educator and no responsible skilled tradesman would go along with it. Asinine. So, you know, Governor Reynolds and these other Republicans, they're not only liars, they're, inc- they're, they're telling incredibly stupid lies. Now, Kim Reynolds, the governor, said the bill is supposed to be developed, it's supposed to develop, quote, a strong work ethic, end quote, and, in kids, and it allows them to, quote, to work to get ahead in life or save money for college, end quote. Okay. <laughs> you need good grades in high school. To get through college. That's number one. And you can't get good grades in high school if you're working crazy hours. You know, I worked through college to put myself through, especially when I had to uh, transfer over to a private college because the public one locally didn't offer my major. And here I was, you know, 20 years old, and having to do that was hard on me. It's going to be even harder on these kids. You know, it just is. So, you know, again, she's going to sign this bill. Now, mind you, Governor Reynolds, Kim Reynolds, said that she was going to sign this bill just days after the news broke that there were hundreds of children as young as 10 that were working at McDonald's locations in various states, such as Kentucky, Maryland, Ohio, and Indiana. Okay? So, you know, if the bill signed, Iowa will be the second state this year to basically eviscerate labor protections for children. Um, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders was the first. Um, You know, once again, there's bills in Minnesota that would lift restrictions on hazardous work for teenagers, and that's documented by EPI.org. There's also extended hours bills that have been proposed in Iowa, South Dakota, uh, as well, and Missouri. Okay, and such extended hours were also passed for kids in New Hampshire and New Jersey. And a Democratic governor signed that legislation. He should rot in hell for signing it, too. See, these young kids don't need to be working all these hours. Their parents need to have good jobs at a living wage. That's what needs to happen. Okay? So this is what we're dealing with here. And, you know, Kim Reynolds has the gall to say she's pro, pro-life. pro No, she's not. Okay. She doesn't care if your kid gets killed on the job. She just doesn't. Now, there's a bunch of other articles, too, that you can check out yourself, including um, a good one from The Guardian, a couple of them, actually. Um, you know, once again, not shocked here. Not shocked at all. Uh, you know, Again, these Republicans want to call themselves pro-life. There's nothing pro-life about them. They view children of color, children from low-income families, as cannon fodder to be just used and and thrown away. But I know it. You know, I grew up, my parents were lower income. My father had become sick and disabled. And my mother went back to work in the 70s. 
at a time where it was hard for women to gain employment. And when it was getting time, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of financial aid either. I graduated high school in 77. And, um, you know, a scholarship, you had to be the best of the best. Okay. It might pay a little bit, but not enough. And so, you know, I had, not my parents, my parents were all for me going to college, but there were other family members that just said, she's a girl, what does she need college for? She comes from a poor family. What does she need college for? You know, again, I'm used to that level of bigotry. So when I see this, it makes my blood boil. And my my classmates would disagree with me, but the high school I attended, those counselors didn't give a rat's ass about somebody who came from a lower income family. Not at all. Okay? But that's another story. All right. Let's move on. Okay? We've talked for a little over an hour. So let's move on to the next story. Okay? hope you're enjoying this. Okay. So we have conservative commentator Matt Walsh. Now, y'all have heard by now about Tucker Carlson nonsense. Okay? Tucker got fired. Okay? From Fox. And I guess he cost them money. I have. I don't think anyone knows for sure why he was fired, but he was. And, you know, keep in mind, Fox, they put up with his shenanigans for years. And, you know, Tucker, Tucker is vile, he's evil, but he's not stupid, okay? Tucker Carlson is a bright guy who's just evil. And, uh, you know, he when he would say things that were interpreted as racist or misogynist or homophobic, he did it in a really sneaky way. He used innuendo, you know, where it made it sound like on the surface he was being very reasonable, okay, but it was actually something slamming him. You know, it would be like, you know, uh, oh, Lord, let me go back here. I've got this. Give me a second, folks. Oh, I lost my place here. Okay. So, you know, innuendo is kind of a weird thing, okay? It's when you say something, but you're not really saying something directly. You're doing it indirectly. And it is the primary tool of propagandists and other sneaky cowards, okay? They don't want to be called out, so they do it in a way where there's just enough plausible deniability that you're left kind of confused. So, you know, basically innuendo allows the propagandists like Tucker Carlson to gaslight people, you know, to con them. So, you know, once again, the I call it the innuendo effect. And there's actually a study, uh, and it was uh, published, well, actually the article was published in Science Direct. The actual study was published in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology, and the authors were Kervin, was it Kervin Bergseeker, and Fisk. And, you know, to put it bluntly, because I'm putting this in an article of my own, innuendo is kind of like gossip. In fact, it's the gossip workhouse because innuendo allows the speaker to manipulate the audience almost at a subconscious level. Now, once the audience is made fully aware of the presence of innuendo, it loses most of its power. Now, Tucker Carlson has used innuendo masterfully, and he couldn't have continued on air using this manipulative device without the knowledge, consent, and blessings of Fox. Now, according to the uh, psychology researchers Kervin, Bergseeker, and Fisk, in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology, they explain the following, quote, 
innuendo allows communicators to convey negative information on a contextually relevant dimension by conspicuously omitting information on that dimension. So in other words, using innuendo, you can imply negatives without having to say the negative directly. And that's what Tuck, good old Tucker did. No shock here. Okay. So we have another uh, conservative commentator, Matt Walsh. Now, Matt Walsh is the guy who did the documentary uh, explaining to women the, what a woman actually is. So the, the ultimate mansplaining, okay? Here, this man, fully bearded, um, and you can imply what you like from that. But anyway, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Here's this guy, that this man, this fully bearded man, telling women what a woman is. Because, you know, guys, we're just simple-minded to understand it ourselves. It's, it's asinine, okay? But... Matt Walsh, you know, he's homophobic, he's transphobic, um, you know, and, and I think according to his own uh, bio, he admits Matt Walsh refers to himself as a theocratic fascist. So he wants this, you know, ultra-conservative Catholic view to dictate over everybody. So there's a piece here where Matt Walsh is defending Tucker Carlson, and it's in Media Matters for America, which is a watchdog group. They do good work. Anyway, a little more tea. The, this piece was written by Media Matters staff. It was published May 3rd, a few days ago. The headline is, quote, Daily Wire's Matt Walsh defends Tucker Carlson's racist text message. And underneath this, says Walsh, quotes Walsh is saying, quote, in nearly every video on the Internet where gangs of people viciously assault another person, the gangs are comprised of people who are not white, end quote. This just perpetuates the old racist trope, one of the oldest racist tropes out there, that old stereotype. And, you know, you can say, well, it's a lot of uneducated people. I know a lot of well-educated people that don't think of themselves racist and still believe this crap. They just do. You know, I, I know of people that are, you know, well-educated professionals that will say, well, you know, those protesters in Ferguson, they, you know, they burned down the town. No, they didn't. The people burning buildings had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter or the Ferguson protesters. Nobody knew who they were. I was there. So anyway, you know, you've got Daily Wire, and, you know, Daily Wire has these four men. Now, uh, a few of them are educated. Like, you have, uh, um, you know... Was it Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, who is Harvard educated, who knows better, but he's, in my opinion, just a punk. Um, a law degree was wasted on him. You've got Matt Walsh, who, by his own admission, never attended college. So he's basically uneducated. Uh, you've got Tim Pool, again, uneducated. I don't think he finished high school. And then you've got that other guy who's transphobic, and I cannot remember his name. I think he does have a college degree. But these little punks, they're middle-aged men, but these little punks are, you know, defending the racist. Now, you know, again, Walsh is using innuendo. Um, he says, quote, I suppose we're also supposed to be scandalized um, by his comment. That, wait a minute, I lost my place here. Well, let me see. I'm going to try and play this, okay, and see if you can hear it. If you can't hear it. I'm going to apologize in advance because I am not the world's best when it comes to dealing with technology. But this is Matt Walsh, and he's defending Tucker Carlson, even though 
you know, Tucker Carlson had this this text, which, um, you know, again, let's see. I think, let me, okay, I lost my place here. I'm sorry, folks. So let me, uh, let's see if you can hear it, okay? Another horrible person, Matt Walsh. Okay, I'm going to go back a little bit here. There we go. Okay, I'm going to stop him right here. First of all, Walsh is totally clueless. Uh, when he talked about Tucker's um, his text, you know, and he talked Tucker talked about how these um, these thugs are beating up an Antifa kid, and then he said that's not how white men fight. That statement is racist because you go a little further. That statement that's not how white men fight because it's not honorable implies. That, of course, people of color do fight that way and are dishonorable. That's what he's saying. Uh, Again, the innuendo once again. And then, you know, Walsh talks about how, you know, it's almost like poetry. You know, Tucker used a full paragraph. Yeah, so first of all, I doubt if that was a quickie text that Tucker Carlson just threw out there. I don't believe it. 
Okay, and I hope you all heard it, actually. Um, if not, give me a second here. Let me see if I can get it for you again. Give me a second here, because, again, I'm not sure about the, what's happening, technically speaking. All right, I'm going to read what Carlson said in a text message, in case you didn't hear it all. Carlson's, Tucker Carlson's text read the following, quote, A couple of weeks ago, I was watching video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. End quote. Now, this is what was published in CNN. And then the text goes on. Now, the text is redacted uh, in all fairness, okay? But what was published and released to the public continues as the following. Quote, Tucker went on to say, quote, And somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere, somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? End quote. Now, the Anti-Defamation League under Jonathan Greenblatt called out Tucker Carlson's text as obviously racist. And it wasn't shocking, according to them. In fact, Greenback, uh, uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, tweeted the following, quote, What's not news is the fact that Tucker Carlson is a white nationalist. What is news is the fact that this somehow is surprising to anyone. Okay? Um, and, and, and that's really what this is about. Okay? The fact that, you know, somebody like Matt Walsh doesn't get it, not shocking. Not shocking at all, all right? Um, again, Tucker Carlson in his text is using using innuendo to elevate white people. You know, a lot of whites don't understand racism. There's a lot of white people out there that think that racism is limited to people that do the most obviously violent things against people of color, whether it's economic violence or physical violence or whatever. But racism also goes into attitudes. You know, if, if you believe that your white Eurocentric culture is better than black culture, is better than Hispanic culture, is better than Asian culture, et cetera, et cetera, then yes, you're, a, you're racist. That's it. Grow up, people. And, you know, again, Matt Walsh is honestly such an ass, it's beyond belief. Okay, so... That's what we're talking about here. Uh, you know, Tucker uses innuendo. Yes, he notices differences. Now, this is one of those instances where you're, for those of you that will scream, and it looks like our caller finally left, for those of you that would scream that, oh, Janine, you're cancel culture. No, I'm not. Personally, I don't believe in censorship. Okay, you are free to say whatever ignorant and hateful thing you want to say. Just understand that there are consequences potentially to your speech. You know, the First Amendment, which deals with free speech, says government can't stop you. But, you know, private 
businesses can, if you slander them, if you libel or defame, uh, there has to be some proof. But, you know, once again, and when you scream cancel culture at someone like me because I dare to stand up to the alt-right, the bigots of the conservative movement, no, it's not cancel culture. It's right of rebuttal. You sent an insult, and I have a right to rebut it and fight back. It's really that simple. And if you're going to whine cancel culture because my argument is actually better than yours, grow up. Grow the F up already. Seriously. So, you know, once again, uh, I know on the advert it said we were going to mock the she-devil with a serious need for a makeover. I've almost lost interest in it. Obviously, it's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. The woman's ser- – I mean, I'm not together right now, but she seriously needs a makeover. You know, long hair after a certain age looks kind of stupid, and, you know, I'm glad she had a daddy that was influential to kind of get her husband. I know, that was mean. I take it back. I apologize, kind of. I just don't like the woman. All right, I'm just going to be honest. So basically, yes, am I kind of dogging another woman? Yes, I am, because once again, her political actions harm our children. So I really don't have much use for her. So now, let me get this together here. We're getting ready for our jackass of the week. Okay. Give me a second here. And getting ready for Progressive News Network's Jackass of the Week Award. Wait a minute. Having some technical issues. Welcome, TNN's Jackass of the Week Awards. Okay, and our jackass of the week is none other than the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh. And you know what? Just the audio I played just now, Matt, you never sounded more intelligent or prolific. Seriously, dude. Okay? Uh, The idea that a man is going to commit the ultimate man's um, mansplain and tell women what women are beyond the pale. Okay? Okay. you know, once again, these Republicans, the bottom line is very simply is this. Yes, the Republican Party under Trump and similar ultra-conservatives, call them what they are, they're racist, they're neo-Nazis, you know, they have made this culture war their raison d'etre, their reason for existing. You have to understand something. Stop. We've had a program on this, actually. Stop calling it a culture war. It's not. It's basically the old-fashioned lynch mob, nothing else. It's a political lynch mob, and it's meant to basically distract everybody, including the idiots that are dumb enough to be Republicans, even though they're not wealthy, and blind them with their hate so they don't notice how much they're being basically robbed, robbed of job opportunities, robbed of the right to health care and education rights and so on and so forth. And instead, the Republican leaders who are bought and paid for by corporate, they basically hand over people of color, religious minorities, the LGBTQ community, and uppity women to hate. So these conservatives can blame somebody, somebody other than the actual group of people, the oligarchs that are causing all this misery. 
That's what it boils down to. And corporate Democrats are too cowardly. They're not only too cowardly to fight, they're enabling this crap. Make no mistake about it. You know, people will call me a, just another liberal Democrat. Newsflash, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a progressive. There is a distinct difference. I firmly believe there is no place realistically for true progressives in the Democratic Party. Okay? There just isn't. You know, and it's one of those things. And I would urge every progressive out there, in primaries for a candidate, vote your heart. Then when it comes to the, the, you know, the actual general election, vote against Republicans. That's what it boils down to. Um, you know, the bottom line is this. We're a nation that is characterized by Stockholm Syndrome. We've been abused for so long that we are clinging to our abusers, put bluntly. It's really that simple. And until we wake up to that fact, until we realize we have to band together and also realize white, straight white Christians, especially the men, but also their women, they need to understand you got to drop the bigotry if you want everyone else to come and work together. You know, uh, that's where I draw the line. I, I don't care if someone's on my side to heal, hear to hell and back. Once they go, once they do the bigotry, bigotry thing, I'm done with them. That's it. They no longer exist to me because I won't tolerate it. Now, once again, this is where this show lies. Now, we had a couple callers. They finally gave up. I, I don't know why these people do this. Okay, again, this, call, this show is live. Um, I really don't understand it. I guess people are so used to being airtime freeloaders. You know, everybody wants to grab center stage without actually doing any research. Um, we pay for this time. I'm not going to let someone freeload, all right, because that's what they're really doing. They're trying to distract from what I'm saying, and that's not going to happen, okay? If they have a legitimate question, I'll try my best to answer it. But, again, I don't take calls until the last 15 minutes, period. That's it. No exceptions. And I've said it so many times before, and it just doesn't get through. Um, you know, our editorial section here, you know, I was just walking down the street chatting with a neighbor. And, um, you know, I knew she was conservative, but I was trying to be neighborly. And, um, you know, she started in on this, you know, we need less government and China's to blame. And, you know, you don't need a mask. You don't need vaccines. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you're entitled to your opinion. But, and I could just see the anger in her face. Okay. And it was, it was useless. There are some people that are either so ignorant or so frightened. We just don't have time to waste on them. Okay. Maybe they'll come around eventually. We don't have time to waste them. We're fighting for trying to salvage some semblance of, of democratic rule, period. We just are. And definitely pushing and fighting for equal rights, put bluntly. And we have so many against us. And the ignorance out there is beyond the pale. And, and I realized this with this woman, okay? Um, she had suffered some losses. I, ironically, she told me she had lost her sister to COVID and then she had lost her husband to cancer and it was within the past year and I didn't have the heart to go off on her. So I just let her talk. 
Um, but, you know, this is what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with this level of just fully endorsed ignorance, willful ignorance, and we can't allow it. Now, I remember I said we were going to talk about the coronation, and we're running out of time, actually. And, you know, why the coronation? I, I actually don't have any interest in it normally. But my concern, once again, is the American, not just American, but all over the world, there is this uh, tendency to idolize the rich and the celebrity. And they don't earn it. Okay, They don't deserve it. And what was reported in the media was that yesterday's coronation, there was a piece in Common Dreams by staff, and the headline is, Incredibly Alarming, Peaceful Protest Not Fit for a King. We're now living in a dystopian nightmare. And basically there were thousands of uh, people there that were protesting against the monarchy, and um, the police arrested many of them for, quote, suspicion of breaching the peace. Could you be any more vague? And, um, you know, they arrested the head of um, an, a group that wants to abolish the, abolish the monarchy. Uh, his name is Graham Smith. And he was arrested. Again, he was standing by a truck that had some signs. That was it. Okay. Now, I realize there are a lot of Brit, Britain. I mean, there are a lot of British people that love the idea of monarchy, but there's a lot of young people that don't. And, you know, this the idea that the police were at the behest of the rich and famous. You know, you saw Katy Perry taking her seat. She couldn't find her chair. Who cares? Why the F was Katy Perry there at all? Seriously. You're American. We don't believe in aristocracy, in monarchy. And First Lady Jill Biden was there. You know, I actually object to her presence more because what was appropriate was for the White House to make sure there was a top diplomat at the coronation. It, there should not have been a representative from the Oval Office, even even the First Lady. That was inappropriate. We don't believe in monarchy here. Okay? And so Jill Biden's presence was inappropriate. Okay? Now... There's one thing that I want to read, and this is from an Instagram account from someone named Monroe Bergdorf. I have no idea who this person is, but the statement was very cogent. And I'll end the show on this because it was perfect. Quote, dear rest of the world, don't be fooled by any propaganda you see coming out of the UK this weekend. The mood here is not jubilant. It is sour. England is a fascist nightmare where there are more food banks than branches of McDonald's. We don't want pageantry. We want affordable food and rent and bills. The timing of this coronation with all its gold and bejeweled opulence couldn't be more distasteful and sickening. It's unjustifiable and it's unwanted. If we're asking God to save anyone, it should be the 14.4 million people living in poverty not the king, end quote. And it should be mentioned that at a football match, what they, they call football soccer, you could hear the people in the stands. And it was, the stadium was filled to capacities. They were all shouting, Lizzie in a box, um, uh, shove, the, shove the monarchy up your arse. 
once again, I don't know why we're celebrating the monarchy at all. Um, and once again, this ties into the show because it ties in to this way that we we give a pass to the rich and famous. You know, they are idolized, and they shouldn't be. We get, and we give we make excuses for them when we should be holding them accountable. Okay, you know, there's greater income inequality and political inequality now than there has been in practically a hundred years, and that's because of the rich. Make no mistake about it. They're not worrying about us. So, you know, once again, um, this show we're going to always talk about, you know, defending people that, you know, are being trounced upon. It's like, no, we don't defend the rich here. We don't. They have plenty. Um, And we're going to keep demanding answers and asking the tough questions and uh, you know, like I said, that one person, Monroe Bergdorf, you know, when they say God save the king, this person said it perfectly, quote, if we're asking God to save anyone, it should be the 14.4 million people living in poverty, not the king. We could apply the same thing to our elected aristocracy and our purchased aristocracy here in the U.S. Okay? Make no mistake about it. Here, the aristocracy is by by income, not by birth. But it's just as egregious and it's just as unjust. So with that, I say good night and God bless all of us. To hell with the aristocracy and to hell with the rich. Bye now. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.